0: Revelations 3, I'd like to preach a message entitled, The Door is Still Open. And uh, we're breathing God's green air. The rapture has not happened. And uh, in in the Word of God, and I'll get to it in the end of the message, it indicates that uh, when we raptured out here, the church, the body of Christ, that the door that I'm currently talking about uh, on this dispensation and this age is going to shut and another door or another time period is going to start, which is the time of great tribulation. And it'll be a time such as this earth has never seen before. The wars and the rumors of war a nation rising against nation and people that will uh, live with a hatred for the things of God and the church of God. And persecution will be on the rise, and the devil will be on the move, and the devil's children will grow stronger and stronger as God begins to deal with the nation of Israel. The time called the time of Jacob's trouble, which the Bible also says is the tribulation. But before we get there, we're in a dispensation or an age called the dispensation of the grace of God. That's exactly, or literally, how the Word of God puts it there in Ephesians chapter 3. And so we're in that time period, and the book of Acts, actually it's Acts chapter uh, 14, about verse 27, when they come and had gathered the church together, they rehearsed all that God had done with them, and how He, talking about God, had opened the door of faith unto the Gentiles. That's you and me. Now let's read here Revelation chapter 3. I want to catch it here in verse 7. Now, this early part of Revelation, God is addressing these seven churches. They were literally seven churches that were in Asia Asia Minor that had been started. And so the apostle John is addressing these churches. And some of these churches, he had some things that they were doing that were not right. And he was confronting that. And then there were some things that they were doing that was right. And this church, the church called the Philadelphian church. Let's read it and let the word of God speak to us and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. Write these things, saith he that is holy. He that is true, he that hath the key of David. He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I had set before thee an open door. We kind of seen how that got opened there in Acts chapter 14, when the apostle Paul got saved on the Damascus road. Uh, It began to open that door. Peter, of course, Uh, leading Cornelius to Christ, who is a Gentile. And we see that this thing was turning because until that point in time, if you wanted in on the blessings and promises of God, you had to become a proselyte Jew. But now God has broken down that middle wall of partition, according to Ephesians chapter 2, and then He is allowed, because of uh, the cross and the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, He has made a way... Uh, for both people groups or all people groups of the world to be one in Christ upon receiving the Lord as our personal Savior. And the Bible is telling us that God has opened that door. And He says, "...Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name." Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan. Now he begins to introduce to you that Satan is on the move too. And the Bible tells us that Satan has a church also. Satan is very religious. And Satan has a great awakening. And Satan uh, will begin to do his work with all power, signs, and lying wonders. And we see that. And the Lord is indicating that here. "...which say they are Jews, and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation." He's referring to the tribulation. The time of the wrath of God. He says, I'm going to keep you from that, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, that means pay attention. I come quickly. Hold that fast, which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. Let us pray. Our gracious Father, we come, and Lord, help us today. We're hungry for the Word of God, and Lord, we need to see the power of God. We we need to understand that we're still serving the same God today uh, that the early church was serving, and there was many mighty works that you did in that day and are still capable of today, but yet... We're not seeing it, and it has to do with our coldness on you. Now, Lord, help us to take these things and ponder them, and to take them to heart, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The Bible is clear here that this door, called the church age, is still open. The devil is trying to convince us that the door is shut. The devil wants you to think that the door that gives you access to God and the power of God and that the church is closed and that there is no power anymore in the house of God with the preaching of God, with the word of God, and with the prayer of God. The devil would like to convince you of that. I'm here to tell you that this door, it's still open. And God has not shut the door on this dispensation yet. He said that no man can close that door. Only God can close the door. God is in control of all things. And it looks like this door will stay open until God raptures the church out of here. And I will share that scripture. Now, if you're like me, sometimes you want to get ahead. You can go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, because I'll be there at the end of the message, proving to you from the Word of God that when this door shuts, if you're listening to me today and my voice, and I'm not talking about you catch this when we're out of here and this is the tribulation, I'm saying I'm still here in body and you're listening to me and you're going to hear the gospel this morning because I'm going to preach the gospel this morning and you reject it, you receive not the love of the truth of God, then the door's going to shut on you when we get raptured out and I'll prove that to you from Scripture. And so the Bible is very clear and plain to say that the day is the day of salvation now we are seeing a religious revolution which is led by the spirit of iniquity rising up and gaining steam just like the bible said that it would the devil is very religious and he is very pious And the devil, the Bible says, he pushes another Jesus. He pushes another gospel. He pushes another spirit, which is also a feel-good spirit. But the Bible says that it's a false one. We're living in a day where a lot of preaching that is going on is a preaching on a Jesus that does not require you to repent of your sins and your lifestyle and to accept Him. So we're living in a day and age where sin is being tolerated or it's okay, God loves it. I would ask you this question, if God loves sin so much, then why did He send Jesus Christ to come and die on the cross? If God loves sin. If God is okay with sin, then why did Jesus have to die? Just ponder that. But see, the world is preaching a Jesus that says, well, he's okay with sin. God is not okay with sin. God has never been okay with sin. And if God was not okay with sin, such a little sin as Adam eating from a forbidden fruit, what do you think about some of the sins that's going on today God feels about? But the devil, he pushes this. Oh, what will we say? Grandpa? (laughs) Uh, Grandpa Jesus in the sky. And I was thinking about this morning as getting ready uh, because we have grandparents that are in here. How many would would tell me, hey, you know, (laughs) I treat the grandchildren a lot different than I treated my own children. I'm a lot less strict with the grandchildren than I I was with my own children. Matter of fact, to the point that your children kind of look at you like, you'd never let me get away with that yeah amen yeah and you know i'm going to be the same way you know <laughs> I, I let a lot of the kids of the church get away with murder i i think of them they're like grandkids you know they can't do no wrong and 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 lord help us when when my grandchild comes along you know i, I dare say some of you she'll probably be mean as a green striped snake because she's got me for a grandfather Uh, and she's going to be mean. Y'all become, you know what your little granddaughter did? (laughs) You're going to have to tell her to keep beating, to stop beating up on everybody. And I'm going to say, oh, I don't think she did that. My little granddaughter wouldn't do that like you do. (laughs) And I got it. But we treat our grandchildren different (laughs) than we treated our children. (laughs) We don't discipline them. We're not as strict with the grandkids as we were our children. Well, guess what? God has no grandchildren. God just has children. And if you're saved this morning, you're a son or a daughter of God. God has no grandchildren. And there's a reason why. But the devil... He's preaching a gospel, and it's not another gospel, but it's a perverted gospel. It's a gospel that does not require regeneration. It's a gospel that does not require you uh, to repent, to confess, to ask Jesus and to believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead. And so we're, we're in this great age of confusion. And God is not the author of confusion. And it will make us think that the door is closed on some things. But I'm here to tell you that God has not closed the door. The door is still open. God, He's not shut this door. There's still time And we're living, us, or living like this door is closed. Now here are some doors that are still open. The door of prayer of the saints is still open. The door of prayer. The devil would have us think that we cannot get a hold of God, that God does not hear our prayer. And I tell you this this morning, that the door of prayer is still open. How many of you still believe that God answers prayer? Yeah, amen, amen, amen. So why aren't we praying? Even your pastor. I don't pray as much as I should. And by the way, I told you this would happen. We preached last week that he says, be careful for nothing. That word careful means to be anxious for nothing. The Holy Spirit had to recall that to my mind because I had some anxiety over a certain Subject And no, it wasn't about dinner or lunch. I can generally, don't have to pray about that. And the Holy Spirit brought that preaching. Your pastor gets preached to also. And he says, now look, you were telling your people to be anxious, to have anxiety over nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, to God, sir. so i suggest at least i felt impressed at least that was what was going on my mind you better start praying and i did amen so why aren't we praying god still answers prayers the average christian as i found out this week prays less than five minutes a day that's not enough the door of prayer is still open Uh, The prayers that God does not answer are the prayers that we never bother to pray. The Bible is clear to say that we have not because we ask not. You know, I said last week also that our failures are prayer failures. John R. R. Rice said that any failure you face as a Christian will be the result of a prayer failure failure. As the Bible is clearing, God is not playing games with us when He said, you have not because you ask not. He also said, if you ask anything in the name of the Father, in my name to the Father, He said, I'm going to grant it. You can get over there in Philippians chapter 4 and about verse 19. And the Lord said, let's go look at it because I'm not going to be able to quote it. There was a time when I could. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. Through who? Who's signing the check by Christ Jesus? You say, what are you trying to say, preacher? I'm trying to tell you that the door of prayer is still open. God wants to hear our prayers, and a lot of times, God wants to see how bad we want it before he's just going to answer. The door of prayer is standing wide open. We can get a hold of God and we should not let the devil convince us that the door is shut. Now I understand that you and I can close our prayer closet door. But that don't mean God's closed the door of prayer. One of the reasons that our services are dead. A lot of people leaving Orthodox or local New Testament churches, and what I mean by that is they're still doing things the same way that the early church was doing and conducting their services, which in today's eyes is called traditional. We don't want traditional, and we think they're boring and one of the reasons they're boring to you is because you're not praying. The devil's got you convinced the door of prayer is closed. It's not. You know, there's another door. The door of praising. Praising of the Savior has not been shut. When someone gets excited, people get worried. Have you ever been there? I've done this. I'm guilty of this. I'm preaching to me. You get into a revival meeting or church service. Uh, A couple years back, we went to Brother Terry Bunch's uh, Highland Baptist Church, and Brother Tony Finney was there, and uh, another brother was there. And boy, they started in, and people started getting happy in the Lord. People started getting right with God. You want a little revival, that would have been one. It wasn't some uh, uh, LGBTQ praise team lead in the service, I assure you, that night. There was fiery preaching from the Word of God, and the Holy Spirit of God got in there, and God's people began to praise, and I'm sitting there oh no oh no the service is going to go into extra innings tonight we're we're going into overtime oh my soul you know uh it started at seven I'm starting to look trying to look for where's the clock I want to know how long this thing's going to go and you say what is that oh that's carnalness uh, we, we, we 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 think the door of praise is closed and anytime somebody gets a little happy in Jesus all of a sudden we go Into panic mode and say Oh no It's going into extra innings We think What are the visitors going to think Pastor's going to let, he's going to let one one of those messages off the chain. I've invited these people. Somebody got full of the Holy Spirit of God and and, and they got to praising God. Maybe somebody gets saved and somebody shouts and they're like, what are the visitors going to think? No. We think I'll be late for dinner, my dinner reservations. You might not have thought that, but I have. So I threw it in there. (laughs) The old preacher told me, he says, when you get to preaching on sin, make sure you preach on yours first. And then, if there's any time left over, then start getting other people's sins. (laughs) And I'm always worried about dinner reservations. Whether I've got a reservation at the house, which I have today, and i got ham sliders waiting on me. (laughs) Junk food, but it's good. It's good. It's great food. Homemade. Excitement ought to be normal in the house of God. You see, the Bible says rejoice in the Lord always. How long has it been since your children seen you rejoice in the Lord? Some of you need to get beside yourself in the house of God. You do at the ball games. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm not getting on, you you, you, you all gotta be careful what you share on social media, but look, and I'm I'm proud of our kids, and I believe in sports uh, because it teaches them how to be team players. It teaches them that they're not in charge, and it teaches them how to work together and to to develop life skills and how to uh, act socially and have sportsmanship. We get all excited about that and we take pictures and we, we scream and holler till we're hoarse. But all of a sudden we get in the house of God and we're dead as doornails. Want to know why? We've let the charismatic steal our praise. We've gotten so stoic in our churches that Oh, if someone wants to lift a hand, I'm not against somebody lifting their hand and get happy in the Lord. I don't care if it goes on during the song service. Amen. I loved what the the children did and we all helped them, encourage. Did you notice how they, they were more bold and they began to sing a little louder and there was more energy in that? It's a lot easier to preach after there's been energy. The heart's been tuned. In praise to our God. We're supposed to approach God with an attitude of praise and thanksgiving. But we've let the charismatics... And I'm not downing them. They, they know how to get happy in Jesus. Amen. I think we need to keep our clothes on. I don't think that we need to get the golden calf out. And, and do a bunch of nonsense. But our old-time churches, and some of you remember it, we knew how to bring the roof down when we got to sing in these old hymns and we got to share in testimonies of what God has done in our lives. The door of praise is still open. We need to get excited about our salvation once again. I believe some of us are as bitter as chewed aspirin. Amen. You know they're Baptists when you see them in public. How do you know that? <laughs> Baptists are the meanest looking people. And I've been accused of looking mean. I'm Baptist. I don't really mean. I just, I'm like one of those caramel chocolate bunnies. It's got a hard shell on the outside, but it's really gooey on the inside. Just easy teddy bear. Loving. Jenny couldn't put up with me if I wasn't. Once you get past that little hard shell, it's all good. And she says, you're like putty in my hand. I don't know what that means yet. I think I'm learning. (laughs) though. It's been almost 33 years. Wonderful. We still have a lot of good times. A lot of good times all the time. But see, goodwill wouldn't take what we call salvation. <laughs> we couldn't get what we call salvation. We couldn't give it to the Salvation Army. <laughs> they wouldn't take it. If that's what you're calling happy in Jesus, we don't want none of that. <laughs> you know, the door of praise, it's not closed. The door of praising our Savior is not closed. There's another door. I want to hurry this morning. There's another door. It's not been closed. The door is still open for the power of the Spirit. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit of God. We're living like we're serving a different God than they were in the early church. There was a lot of mighty works that were done through the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit got in that thing and began to move and to work and the church began to grow. That door is still open. The Bible in Ephesians 5 18, he commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. That's another we've let the charismatics steal that from us like. Oh no, I don't I don't want I don't I would never want to say uh, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost of God. Well the Bible uses that term Holy Ghost. Some of you do with a good dose of it. <laughs> Get happy in Jesus. The power of the Spirit is still in operation. And I'm not talking about all the signs and gifts. I'm talking about good old-fashioned, under-conviction, power of the Holy Spirit of God where people want to get right with God. They come to the altar, they lay their burdens down, and they walk away a new creature in Christ. Let me ask you a question. We got some new babies in church. I was thinking about this. We're in this great age where people think, well... You can't know if someone's born again or not. And, you know, there's that big debate. And I'm telling you, you can know. There's a verse in the Bible that says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word of God. Now, what's the first thing when a baby is born and he comes out, what's the first thing you hear? He starts a crying. Why? Because he's left... The warmth of the mother's womb. He's in a new world. It's cold, but he begins to sound off. And he wants his mother. Correct? What's a baby do when it's hungry? It cries. What's a baby do when its pamper needs changed? It cries. It sounds off. What's a baby do when it wants to be cuddled? it cries. What's a baby do when it wants to be uh, cooed at and talked to? It'll cry. Now, the Bible says that when a person is born again and the Lord is down there, he said they're a babe in Christ, and they will begin to cry with desire. Why is it do we gotta chase people down after they said they've made a profession of faith and we gotta try to shove a spiritual bottle in their mouth to try to get them to eat because they sure ain't sounding off. You ever think about that? The Bible says that Christians are like babies. They start out and they're very needy and they sound off. I just do that in there free. Holy Spirit of God still operating and saving souls today. That same power is there. You know, being filled with the Holy Spirit of God is to be controlled. And the fruit of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit of God is love, it's joy, it's peace, it's gentleness, it's long suffering. You need to get along with God and ask Him for this filling. Now it'll change you. I think us Baptists are afraid of that phrase. I'm not afraid of it. Because it's one of the things that was going on in the early church there in Acts 2. He says they were praising God. That means they were happy in the house of God. They do some shouting. They do some amen. They do some praise the Lord. Sometimes I like singing that song, Hold the Fort." because we get to wave our Bibles, wave the answer back to heaven. It gets us involved in worship and praising our God, that thanking God that he has given us the answer that we can wave back. It's a legal document. It's a contract between us and God. God is so gracious and kind and given us the Holy Spirit. A lot of Baptists think that the power of God went out When Billy Sunday died and men like Lester Roloff and John R. Rice and these men. But that's not truth. That door is not closed. I still know what it's like to preach under the anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. I still pray that God fill me with the Holy Spirit of God when I step into this pulpit. And I also know when it's not there. And if I don't know it in the moment... I know it when I listen to it on a Tuesday to put it on sermons audio. And then I ask God to bless you all in a very special way for having sit with a smile on your face, listening to this preacher rattle on and having to endure that. Thank God for you. Thank God for you, the patience you all have. I love being in the South because Southerners, they're they're very kind that way. They just won't say a whole lot. They might drop a subtle hint every once in a while, but they're very gracious. Thank you for that. I know when the Holy Spirit of God and the anointing's not there, but I also know when it is there. The door is still open for the provision of the sheep. I don't know what you need this morning. And even if I could look into your heart, on what you truly need, I couldn't provide it. But I know a man who can. His name is Jesus. Jesus knows what you need. Jesus knows what I need. Jesus is able to provide to us abundantly above all that we ask or think. And God... We'll always see to it that we have food on our table. That might be beans and taters. I've seen the only thing left is popcorn and canned peaches in my childhood. Didn't last long. It was a day. But I've also seen out of nowhere we were out of food. My father sick in bed. We begin to pray and God bring two ladies from a church they knew nothing of us they didn't know that we needed anything but they had got to Costco or Sam's and was able to buy two for one and so they had bought twice as much as they needed and called a pastor and said do you know anybody we could give this to and of course our name came up he said yeah you can give it to brother Phil he's got a bunch of little kids to try to feed they can always use food those folks didn't know that day that all we had left was popcorn and canned peaches. And I've watched the Lord provide. They brought enough food. they not only fed us, it filled a freezer up. Nobody said nothing to nobody. Nobody was poor-mouthing nobody. Nobody was on the phone saying, oh, preacher, you know, we need a handout. No, my, dad, my dad's not like that. Y'all need to know about my father and mother they wouldn't say they could have their leg cut off and they wouldn't say they wouldn't indicate that they needed help God will provide we still serve that same God he'll provide for us now you might only have popcorn and peaches but I sure love it when God puts a steak on the table I sure like that folks we need to get back to trusting God We trusted the Lord to save us. Why can't we trust God to provide for us and to feed us? But you know, in the last point here, the door is still open for salvation. Right now, that door is still open. If you're not saved, if you've not been born again, if there's no desire down in you to be in the house of God or around God's people, if you're not crying out for the milk of the Word of God, I'd check out on what you're calling saved. Because you've probably bought into the devil's gospel, which means you don't have to change. Nothing changes in you. I'm telling you, God changes you. It just happens. The door's still open. If the rapture has not happened, the door's still open. Now, you listen to me well. I didn't say there wasn't going to be people saved in the tribulation. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if you're listening to me today, before the rapture, meaning I'm still here, I still got a heartbeat, and you're going to hear the gospel, you need Jesus. You need to repent of your sins and come to Christ. There'll be people that, oh, I don't believe in repentance. Repentance, let's not let the devil get in the mix here, is a change of the mind, which results in a change of action. Repentance is not stopping sin. You can't stop it. But it's turning to God, like the Bible says, from your dumb idols. An idol... Is anything that you put a high value on a higher value than God? Some people put a higher value on laying out a church above the things of God. It's an idol. (laughs) No, it's not in the notes. And it's not a cheap shot. I'm not talking about y'all. I'm talking about people that never want to darken a church door. They don't care. They won't, they don't, they're not going to support the local church. They're not going to try to help this church, but send the gospel out or any church. They have no desire. I'm talking to you. If we get raptured out and you're lost, you won't get saved because the door closes. You say, I don't believe that. I don't feel like that. God's a meanie. No, God's not a meanie. It's not God who's being mean. Take your Bible to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And let me give you thus saith the Lord. What's God say about it? I don't care what you think about it. I don't care what I think about it. I care about what does the contract say? Word of God's a contract. You know how a contract is to be read, don't you? Literally. Literally. That's how the Bible's to be read. Literally. Hmm. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now watch this. Now you've got the wicked one showing up. And this is the great, what do we call this, uh, religious revolution that we see going on in our world today. And so the devil's working to deceive. And and you see here in verse 4, He opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. You ever stop to think, why are so many people rising up and they're against how we've worshipped for the last 2,000 years in the church? What's behind that? Well, the Bible's telling you the devil is. He opposes. Let me put it to you like this. If it was right a 100 years ago, it's still right. If it was wrong a 100 years ago, it's still wrong. If we was doing it a 100 years ago in the house of God, we need to still be doing it today. God doesn't change. So what's this change going on? It's the spirit, I told you there was a spirit to it, of iniquity to deceive people. To draw them away, the Bible says they would not endure sound doctrine. I don't like the old way. You know what churches have done? They've compromised. So they have a traditional service for the people that's not going to give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. And then we have contemporary service for the people that are sophisticated. And they want to see headbanging music in the house of God. And they want to act so sophisticated. And you're at nothing more than a rock and roll concert. And it's opposed to how we've been doing it. Now the Bible says that's the devil. And he's an opposer. And he stands up on how we've been worshipping. And says we're not going to do it that way. So we're going to change our method. Oh, I'd be careful with that. So let's look what happens here. Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity. Doth already work only who who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. How does Satan come on the scene with all power? Signs. Ain't that a big thing today? Whole signs and lying wonders. The devil uses them. The devil has power, folks. The devil can call fire down from heaven. They're in the book of Revelation. Now, let me get to where I need to go. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Yeah, this this group is preaching you can be saved and keep living in your sin. It's okay. Did you catch it? with all deceivableness of unrighteousness. Stay, live in the way you were. It's okay. That's not what our Jesus preaches. He said, except ye repent, ye shall likewise perish. He said, be ye holy as I am holy. In them that perish because they what? Receive not the love of the truth. So the old way, the Lord's way, is the way of love, the love of the truth not the love of tolerance. Now look what happens, that they might be saved. And for this cause, because they reject the preaching of the gospel, that's what I said, you better not let the door close on this thing. Because when it closes, and we raptured out of here, if you're listening to me this morning, the door's going to close on you. Let's read it. Because they received not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure. What? In unrighteousness. What is that? In sin. (laughs) I didn't write it. That's a legal document. He's telling you plainly what is going to happen If you keep rejecting Jesus, the door's going to close on you. And then God says, because you rejected love, God's love. I want to preach on God's love next week. What is it? And we'll start by what it's not. But he said, the love of the truth. What is that? Well, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life it's rejecting Jesus in God's way. Oh. And God says, when you reject the love of God, God said, I'm going to close the door on you when this time period comes to an end and I am rapture out the body of Christ. And anybody who's heard the gospel will be damned the door will close on you. Now, there's people that's going to get saved in the tribulation. Lots of people. But it will be people who have never heard the gospel in this time period. They will probably watch maybe a live stream. Maybe they'll download a a message. Maybe they'll even be part of an underground church. But they'll hear that God has raptured a bunch of people out. In this world. The Bible says there in that same passage that he who now let will let until he be taken out of the way. He's saying the Holy Spirit of God is holding this thing back. And the Holy Spirit of God is in us. We're the church. When God raptures the church out, who do you think is going to stand for the truth when we're out of here at the voting booths? who do you think is going to stand for truth at the school boards? There won't be none. The door will close and the devil will totally have full reign and the door will close on you because you rejected the gospel while the door was open. The door's still open. I don't know how much longer it's going to be open, but you need to receive Jesus if you haven't today because that door is still open for you and now because you've listened to a message and you've heard the gospel that you got to receive Jesus for the remission of sin for to blot our sin we have a sin debt we need to acknowledge that Jesus is Lord and ask Jesus to come into our heart to change us to make us a new creature in Christ if you reject that now When we're raptured out, the door will close on you and you will accept the Antichrist and take his mark and buy into his gospel and what he's doing and you'll be damned. But today, the door is still open. Child of God, the door of prayer is still open. Child of God, the door of praise is still open and we need to praise God. The door of power of the Holy Spirit of God is still open. And the door of provision, God taking care of his children is still open. And also, lost person, the door of salvation is still open. And Jesus says, come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Let's all stand this morning. If there would be any. preacher, I'm not saved. I thought I was. I thought baptism saved me. Baptism does not save you. I thought church membership saved me. Church membership cannot save you. Only Jesus can save you. And Him alone. I need a song of imitation, please. I'll give you a few moments to reflect. The door is still open.